So we were at youth camp this past week and um, some kids up in Glorieta, New Mexico, and some kids in a from another church were catcalling our girls and hanging out <laughs> in the in the lounge of the girls' dorm and stuff like that. So we had we were trying to find out who it was and all that kind of stuff, so we could shut it all down. Yeah. And our youth pastor had talked to the director and you know all this kind of stuff and. Finally, Zach asked me if I can just handle it. And I said, sure, I'll handle it. <laughs> well, then the next day, my wife is coming down, I think, for breakfast. Yeah. And she calls me and she's like, hey, these, there's boys in the lobby right now. So I went running over to the dorm. And as I, I walk up, there's you know, just windows in the front. And I can see two guys sitting in there. And I open the door and I said, gentlemen, this is the girl's dorm. Get out. <laughs> And, and one of them, they're all wearing masks, and one of them pulls his mask down, and he says, uh, but, sir, we're part of the cleaning crew. I was like, oh, uh, my apologies, uh, as you were. And I just turned and walked out. But they were legitimately part of the cleaning crew? They were legitimately. Oh, so it's not just the boys acting like they're. <laughs> no, the, the, the mask should have given it away because the cleaning crew was the only one wearing masks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you ever find them? No, we never did. Uh, so we ended up talking to the director twice because it happened twice. And um, and then the director went around and talked to all the individual churches that were in the two dorms. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it, it never happened after that second yeah, time. It must have stopped right after that. Awesome. Mm. That's hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. I am your host. My name is Jeff Keck, and I'm here today with Brian Clausen. Uh, Brian is a law enforcement agent, uh, as well as myself, um, as you well know. And um, we're going to talk to Brian a little bit today. Brian, thanks for being on. Sure. My pleasure. Hey, tell me about yourself. Well, I've been married for uh, doors closed. I, th I think it's 26 years <laughs> coming next, next month. Um, and uh, two kids. My son is currently in the Army. Yeah, and, nice. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's at Fort Riley where he was born. And um, my daughter is still living at the house and trying to find work out here in, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Outstanding. And, uh, yeah, so we've, we've, been, we've been out here for... 20 years I left active duty in 2001 mm. actually I was in the academy on September 11 yeah mm. and um was was real close to going back in the army mm. when that happened yeah. um lost some friends in Iraq and Afghanistan and mm. stuff but um anyway this is where God wanted me so this is where we're at yeah very nice very yeah. nice um 
So just just to kind of reiterate, you are in Arizona, so we are actually yes. doing this podcast today over the telephone. Uh, mm-hmm. So I appreciate you working with me on that. Um, sure. I'd, I'd, it would have been a long drive to Arizona to do this in person. So, um, but no, no, thank you so much uh, for doing that. And, you know, you mentioned something too, and I'm just going to kind of get derailed here for a little bit and chase rabbits. But, um, you know, you mentioned being in the academy in 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working street patrol in 9-11 at the time. And, man, I could do a whole episode on kind of, you know, talking to people about where they were on 9-11. Um, but anyway, just just kind of a real quick throw in there. Um, I was getting off work about 6 a.m., working midnight shift. Ugh. And the very last thing that I remember that day um, before everything happened was the dispatcher sending out a message to everyone in the, in the city that says, hey, everybody, it, be nice to your dispatcher. It's National 911 Day. It's National Be uh, Nice to Your Dispatcher Day. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that. It was the last thing I read before I logged off the computer, went home and went to bed. And then, uh, huh. you know, everything happened and, and I was sleeping. My wife woke me up. But, and, you know, that's a much, much longer story about how that kind of that, right. that whole day folded out. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I was I was just, uh, let's see, in, in, uh, let's see, 2001, I was two years on the job at that time. Mm. Yeah. All right. So this show is all about um, our testimonies in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you would just spend some time, if you don't mind, um, telling me your testimony, what was life like for you prior to learning who Jesus was? How did you find Jesus? And then um, what has life been like for you since that time? Sure. Well, prior to Jesus, I, I was a I was a, a bad sinner. I, I did all all kinds of stuff. And then at age six, I accepted Christ. Um, uh, so my my parents are missionaries. They've they've um, actually they just hit their fiftieth year with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, so I grew up knowing the gospel and and under well, not necessarily understanding it, but but knowing it and hearing it and hearing mm. all the stories. And um, we spent three years in Brazil and, and stuff like that, Mexico a little bit. Um, but it was, I, I distinctly remember at age six, we had, uh, before our afternoon nap, mom read us a story. And I don't remember what the story was, but it was um, about heaven. And I laid down from my nap and realized that I wasn't going there unless yeah. I made a decision for Christ. And so I, I did then at, you know, the age of six and mm. after my nap, I told mom and I thought she'd be all excited and stuff. And she's like, Oh, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, isn't that it funny was, though? Because I mean, I've, not, I, I've heard already a lot of testimonies of accepting Jesus at age six or age seven. And mm-hmm. I have a six year old right now. Okay, so mm-hmm. and I'm I'm fairly certain based on what he said that he has accepted Christ into his heart, but he right. doesn't. He doesn't. He kind of feels embarrassed to talk about it. So yeah, yeah, you know. And so I'm with you, and and I'm with your parents. Honestly, I'm sitting there thinking, do they really understand? But my 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 two older daughters, they were both saved at five and six years old too, and mm-hmm. and yeah, they understood. So uh, I I think you do understand at that age, or or at least you. You understand enough. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible wasn't created for theologians. Right. You know, 
the gospel is clear enough that a six-year-old child can realize, wait a minute, I'm, mm. I'm not perfect, mm -hmm. and I need somebody to help me. Right. Yeah, good point. So, good point. yeah, so, so at six is when I was saved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I didn't make a, a huge life change until kind of way after that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, I wasn't really bad. Like, you know, I never did any of the, you know, the old saying, I didn't drink or smoke or hang out with girls that did kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, for me, when, when I really like made the, the choice, the, the decision to not just give my life to Christ, but to, to truly follow him was when I was in the army. Yeah. And, um, and it was a, it was a really painful experience because, so I was, I was a scout. Um, it, that was my job in the army hmm. and, and I enjoyed it and I was good at it. Um, but I wanted more. And so I did the whole airborne thing. And, um, and then I, uh, signed up to go to, to special forces assessment and selection. Hmm. And, um, I didn't bother to ask God if I should do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I asked my wife, I figured that was more important. Right. And, and she was, she was on board. She was, um, she was actually a really good army wife. She was always, you know, very independent. She already had her master's degree when we got married. Hmm. Um, so, you know, very independent, very smart. Um, and basically whatever I wanted to do was fine. Yeah. And, so I, I was in great shape and signed up for selection and I was in, I was already an NCO and, um, anyway, I was leading a run during PT one day and just, well, I was calling them. So it was the end of a run. We'd done a four mile run and I was calling them for a quick time to, a um, down to a walk and something happened and I, I popped a ligament on my mm. knee mm, wow. and um anyway it was it, it was the most pain i'd ever been in yeah and so they, they put me on profile and all that kind of stuff and I, this is still like six months before selection so i always heal quickly i thought no big deal well fast forward to two weeks before selection i'm still on profile and so i called my recruiter and i was like hey i i got hurt I can't go. And he goes, okay, well, we're going to push you back six months, but you cannot, um, you cannot postpone a second time. Mm. So I figured, all right, good. You know, I'll, I'll be fine. And I, I continued to train a little bit, but I never healed. Yeah. And again, two weeks before selection, I had a physical therapy appointment and the lady, this doctor, army doctor put me, she said she was going to put me back on profile again. So this would have been almost a year now yeah. where, you know, I, I couldn't do a whole lot. And uh, I said, you can't put me on profile. I'm getting ready to go to selection. Hmm. And she goes, if you go to selection, you will get hurt. And I said, well, if I go and get hurt, I can go back. But if I, if I don't go now, I can never go. And right. she goes, okay, well, then I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, 
So I met my parents. I had a layover in um, there out at the JAR Center in Waxhaw, North Carolina. And so they met me at the Charlotte airport. And mom was kind of against the whole thing, even though she wouldn't really admit it. Um, so they met me and right as they called my, my plane, uh, my parents stand up and, and my mom says, how can we be praying for you? Hmm. And I said, pray that I stay healthy. If I stay healthy, I can make it. And I guarantee you that's what she didn't pray for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, day, day 14, 15, somewhere in there of 30, um, you know, you kind of lose track when you don't sleep at all and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, I was running, I had 80 pounds on my back and I stepped in a hole and, um, I heard my leg pop and, you know, kind of lay, <laughs> I, I landed on my ruck. So I kind of rolled as I fell and I remember laying on the ground and I put my head back on my ruck. And the first thought that went through my head was, thank God I get to sleep tonight. Mm. But that night I didn't sleep yeah. because I knew I'd been running from God. And, um, and you know, I've read the story of Jonah and it doesn't end well. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least, you know, for a time, yeah, it didn't go well. So, Anyway, so I the next morning, well, that later that day, I go see a, one of the doctors there, and they sent me home. And I called my wife the next morning. I said, hey, I'll be flying into town tonight. You need to pick me up. And oh, so she's all she's six months pregnant at the time with our second. Mm. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm coming home. I'm hurt. I'm coming home, and I've decided to get out of the Army. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. And she met me at the, at the airport. And the first thing she says is not, how are you or anything like that? She says, what do you mean you're getting out of the army? Mm. Cause I found out later, that's not something you tell a pregnant lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but that, that, that night I knew that, that the military, um, wasn't where God wanted me to be. I didn't know where he wanted yeah. me but he didn't want me there. Hmm. Um, and he certainly did not want me in special operations. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I went to selection in 99 and I was going to be a medic. So that whole pipeline would have put me, uh, getting out of all the training right around September 11. Hmm. So my whole career after that would have been, one deployment after another. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. And that was not something that God wanted me to do. He actually wanted me to raise my children and, and serve him in other ways, him and our country. Yeah. So let me ask but, you, uh, yeah, uh, just a minute ago, you said that, um, you know, you're laying, laying back and, and trying and tr just realizing that night that you had been running from God. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, from six and this is, you know, something I bring up uh, on, a, on a lot of past episodes too, but, you know, being saved at six years old. And like you said, there comes a period of time when we don't, you know, when we finally start realizing what really it means to sell, you know, sell yourself out for mm -hmm. the Lord and to right. really just live for the Lord. Um, and mm -hmm. what does that mean to drop everything and do whatever he wants you to do? It takes some time, it takes some growth, some maturity, 
um, to get to that point. And oh, so, yeah. so getting there takes us through middle school and the hardships of high mm-hmm. school and the hardships of college or even military basic training, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So there's all kinds of forces that are pushing against us throughout that time. You had mentioned in your words that you were kind of running from God. What does that mean for you during this period of time? Well, I, he, I, think, I think what I mean is he wanted me to do something different. Um, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted, I, I really liked the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hated being in garrison. I really liked being in the field. I liked the training. I liked the, you know, all that. Yeah, I liked yeah, the, yeah. you know, any, anything shooting related and, you know, all that kind of, I, I just enjoyed sure. all of yeah. it. And, and I was good at it. Um, and so I wanted to be, I saw special forces as the best of the best. And mm. so that's what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, but again, it was what I wanted. Mm. That's not what God wanted for me. And, and it took me getting hurt pretty bad, um, to, to figure that out. And, and the funny thing is, so that, that part getting hurt and getting sent back from selection wasn't that wasn't that was part of the catalyst but the real catalyst was i got back i was on profile for two weeks and then i was never on profile again because i healed just like i used to once i decided okay i give up i'll do what you want yeah and 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 then i actually never went back to that physical therapist because i didn't need to Mm. And, uh, and so that was, okay, God, I get it now. Um, this isn't where you want me. So <laughs> where do you want me? Let's do that. Cause I'm so, tired of beating my head against the wall. Yeah. So now you're an adult right now. So this, this, this I isn't was the 20, first. Yeah. I was like 27. Right. So this isn't the first time that, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, think about from six years old all the way up to 27 years old was was middle school and high school the same way mm-hmm. me 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 uh, i mean it was no. for me yeah uh not really i was really involved in my youth group and okay. did a lot of mission trips and and stuff like that so no it, it really wasn't um i i don't know i don't know it, it was just like I, I got into the military and i realized that that i was good at it you know, people told me I was good at it. And I think that's where the pride started to mm, kick in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. That's, I've actually never thought about that. Yeah. Okay. So you have this life changing moment mm-hmm. um, where you finally realize that God wants you to do something else. Then what? So that's that, at the, at that point, um, I came down orders on orders for Korea and they wanted me to leave for Korea and miss my daughter's whole first year of life. Mm, yeah. And and I knew that God didn't want me in special operations and I just couldn't I could I told people, I told my unit then that that getting hurt at selection took my hua-ness away. Um wow. like I, I just I the field wasn't the same anymore. You know, it's like God just flipped a switch and and the army wasn't for me anymore. Mm. Um, so that's when I started looking into to law enforcement. Because as a kid, I, I knew I either wanted to be law enforcement or military. Mm. 
or a missionary. No. And I know those are, <laughs> <laughs> those are way, way different. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I didn't want to be a missionary is because with Wycliffe, you have to raise your own support. Hmm. And so as a kid, you know, we, every summer we drive around to these churches and mom and dad would ask, would ask for money. And, and I just, I couldn't do it. Um, but I always told God that once my career was over and I retired, you know, that I would, my retirement would be serving him. So basically, you know, I'll serve him in my career, but then once I retire, then it's full time, you know, as long as I don't have to raise money, you know, like a tent maker kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of it, Mm. I guess. But yeah, that's, you know, I, I still like, I like being out. I like chasing. I really like chasing people. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I just get giddy anytime somebody tries to run from me. Yeah. But anyway. So, yeah. So, so speaking of law enforcement, so over the past year, uh, man, law enforcement, um, you know, I know I'm in law enforcement. Law enforcement's mm-hmm. been, it's been rough. It's been a rough uh, career field to work in with the rhetoric that's going on out there with the, uh, you know, negative or bad press and all the protests mm-hmm. across the country, the political climate across the country. I mean, there's just a lot of things that make law enforcement a very difficult career right now. So mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you, does a grounding in Christ help you in that law enforcement career? And if so, how, how is that? Oh, absolutely. Well, one, you know, we're, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Yeah. It's, it's spiritual and remembering that is a huge help. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've been called a racist and, and worse as I'm sure yeah, you have. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I work with black guys and Hispanic guys and, you know, a, a guy that was born in Beijing, China. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would die for any one of those, mm. but you know, people that, that don't know me don't, have never met me come up and call me a racist. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it's hard not to just, <laughs> uh, not to just knock the crap out of them. Um, <laughs> which is, which is what I want to do, but you know, it, they're buying into a lie. Yeah. Um, this is, I was at a family reunion two weeks ago and, on the way up there, it was in Kansas, so I had a long time to think. And I realized that, you know, I, I get angry at the media sometimes mm. because they, they just tell lies, constantly yeah. tell lies. Um, and I realized that I shouldn't be mad. I should pity them mm. because they're, they're doing what comes naturally to them. You know, they have, they have thrown out um, any kind of moral absolute they they don't they don't see god they they don't they don't think god or anyone has the ability to give any kind of moral standard and so they can do what they want and Mm. you know that's that's not something to be angry about it's something to pity Mm. um you know because that's a sad state of affair god loves everybody Mm. and wants to spend eternity with everybody and they are intentionally turning their back on him yeah. And, you know, and that's just sad. 
So I, you know, I came to a little realization on that trip. So, so you've I been still in don't law, watch the news. You've been in I law still don't watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> you've been in law enforcement for 22 years. No, 20. Almost. Uh, 20. I, I'm sorry. I've been in law enforcement yeah. for 22 years. Uh, I'm getting us, I'm getting you and I mixed up. Uh, yeah. So, so 20 years you've been in, in, in mm-hmm. law enforcement career field there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've learned over the past 22 years is um, this you know, the fact that the Lord lives and resides in my heart has made it easier in law enforcement to be completely objective when dealing with with people, Mm -hmm. because you're right, we're not battling against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I used to, you know, internally do uh, growing up throughout my law enforcement career, when you're handcuffing the bad of the Mm -hmm. bad guys that are out there, um, you know, the murderers and the people who've done mm-hmm. some, some heinous crimes is to imagine in your brain what that what that person would look like with hands raised worshiping Jesus, because that's mm-hmm. that's how God sees all of us. Um, right. And that's how that's what God desires of all mm-hmm. of us. Um, and, it, and then it changes your perspective about people, too. And so that's something, you know, that a lot of people don't understand because of the media or because mm-hmm. of what they've heard or what they've seen or whatever, is that, you know, law enforcement in general, really, whether you're a believer or not, uh, it's it's a very objective position to, to work mm-hmm. in. Uh, it's what they teach you from day one of the academy that you cannot mm-hmm. be subjective. You must be objective. Everybody yep. gets treated the same. Every, everything gets done the same. And that's just how it's supposed to be. Um, so yeah. that's how I've always known it. And I think with the Lord in my heart, my entire career has really helped me um, to maintain that, that kind of a, right. a, of a focus and being able to look at everybody. The yeah. Same. And I, right. And I think it, it also it makes it easier to see the criminals as human. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that don't see law enforcement as human. Well, yes. You know, uh, uh, I, we, we revealed that early on in my career when we used to have, uh, you know, learn how to do dance lessons at IHOP at 2 a.m. Uh, you know, <laughs> the college kids would come in doing their study work and stuff, and there, there's a couple of uniformed police officers over there in IHOP that are, mm-hmm. that are practicing their, you know, line dancing or whatever no, uh, wow. that's humanity right that's the fact that <laughs> right. we are human outside uh-huh. the badge and you're right, right. you're right yeah. on the other side too they're they are human outside of the criminal element right yeah and it, it makes it for me anyway it makes it a lot easier to de-escalate because i've i've been in a lot of fights mm. and and you know once the cuffs go on you have to de-escalate yeah and yeah. and i I think that's where, where Jesus has helped me is, you know, once they're, once the cuffs are on fights over Mm. and, and it's real easy. Okay. Now, how do I, how do I need to help this person? Yeah. You know, did I hurt them? You know, did they fall? You know, what, what do we need to do now to protect this person? Mm. Um, Because there are people, they made mistakes or, you know, they made bad judgment calls or whatever, but they're still people. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're, they're still, um, made in the image of God and they needed to be, they need to be treated like that. Yeah. Um, you know, now yeah. somebody bows up on me. Well, I like to fight. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's that military coming out. Uh, it, yeah, it is. 
Yeah. All right. Um, so aside from law enforcement, all right, so I, I know that law enforcement pays the bills. Yep. But what is your what is your other passions in life? What else do you tell me about some ministries that you're involved in? Well, so I've been working with the youth at our church for ugh, almost the whole time I've been there. Yeah. So we're on we're on our third youth pastor mm. now since since I've been working with them. So I I've taught the uh, the senior high Sunday school or senior high boys Sunday school for a long long time, and I've I've gone to camp with them. My wife and I just got back from camp with the youth group, and. Um, so I've, I've done that for a very long time, and the the our church does a lot of mission work, and um, so I, I go on as many mission trips as I can. And here, back in January of this year, our missions pastor retired, and uh, and I replaced him uh, running the missions team. Oh, so, nice. so yeah, being ordained here in a couple of days, and uh, as a pastor, and I've been a deacon. I was ordained as a deacon in 2004, I think. Hmm. Have to look at my little ordination thing. 2004. Um, so, you know, the church has always been important to me. Um, and and I go to a really, really good church hmm. that, that does a lot of stuff. So, you know, in, anything I can, I can be involved in, I'm willing to be involved. Um, and then I really like riding motorcycles. <laughs> all right awesome awesome i did too and then uh, when mine sat for too long it was time to get rid of it mm. um so um yeah that that's awesome um if you could if you could quit law enforcement right now like you could let if you were eligible to retire and you could quit and you could leave law enforcement and you had unlimited funding uh to do anything you wanted to do what would you do Oh, I'd go on every mission trip I could. Yeah. Which is which is my plan. I'm retiring in like nine months. Oh, nice. Very good. So and, you're close. Uh, yeah. So you guys um, can retire at 20 years? Yes. Okay. 20, well, 20 years or 50 years old. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, yeah. Ours our is 25 years, so I'm stuck for okay. another three. Yeah. Our, our mandatory retirement age is 57, which is what I always planned on doing, but my knees are, yeah. I need two knee yeah. replacements. And, uh, so they're, they're not cooperating, but, um, so, so yeah, unlimited it, funding sends you on all I'm, these mission trips. Where would oh, you go? I, I, oh, I'd go, you name it. Yeah. It, it, you know, anything, <laughs> anything my <laughs> wife would let me go on. Um, well, go to Uganda. I love it there. Oh, I've never been there. I, I might be yeah. going to Tanzania next summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, I'd, my sister went to Kenya a few years, mm -hmm. well, a long time ago, and she loved it there. I'd love to go to Africa. I would love to go back to Brazil. Mm -hmm. We left there when I was six. Um, you know, it, you name it. If there's a mission trip, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. And it doesn't even, you know, yeah. really matter what it is building houses or sharing the gospel mm. or, you know, just helping a missionary do something that they need done. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. If you ever I'm, get a chance, I'm game for any of it. yeah. If you ever get a chance to go to Uganda, my son, my 13 year old son is from Uganda. So we spent a oh, no lot cool. of time there. Uh -huh. Um, and then even after we got him home, 
we would go, either my wife or myself would go over there every year um, to do something, to do some kind mm -hmm. of mission work in the village or with the, with the school kids or something. Oh, cool. uh, especially, But until COVID hit, you know, COVID hit, yeah. there's no travel right now over there. Um, they're back mm -hmm. on a lockdown again. But um, so, yeah, no, absolutely love it over there. Um, mm. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I'm tossed because I would really, there's other places I would like to go to, but man, if I ever get the money and the chance to go and do some mission work, I just have a calling. My heart just goes out mm -hmm. to Uganda. So I keep end mm -hmm. up going back there, even though there's other places I want to go to. So, yeah, but that's yeah, that but caveat I told you too, unlimited funding. Yeah. So if that were the case, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, yeah, just, you know, all over the world. Yeah, doing doing whatever God wants me to do. That's great, and that fits right in with uh, your position that you're taking here as a minute as mm -hmm. the, as the missions pastor. Yep, outstanding. All right, so we're going to go into a section called headlines today. Now, headlines today is a new section, um, but what I've done in the past is kind of read some headlines, some weird headlines, and the guest mm -hmm. and I try to figure it out. We talk about it a little bit, and then we see just how far off we are. Today, okay. I'm going to read some headlines, and I don't have any idea what the story is. <laughs> so I can't tell you if we're right or wrong. Uh, and some of these headlines, um, you know, we're just, we're just going to chat about them for a little while and, and see what in the world because they're funny. And so, you right. know, I want to do something funny here real quick. But anyway, so are you ready? I'm All right, ready. headlines today. So uh, these these aren't actually headlines from today. They're they're from the past, but these are I got okay. about 3 of them today that I want to read. Uh, first one is related to law enforcement. So you'll appreciate that. I picked that for right. you and me. Here it All is. Right. Policeman loses nose in circumcision ceremony. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, <laughs> so, so you uh, didn't you didn't read that one no i don't i don't have the article i guess i could i guess i could google that title and see if i get the the article up or something but it's actually out of johannesburg south africa that part of the of the it's just a, huh. like i'm looking at a picture of a snippet of the paper so uh that's the only part i get out of that snippet of the paper uh wow now there's another little section here that it, that I can read out of the paper too, and, and it says policeman had his nose bitten off. So, oh, <laughs> so I'm confused. It was a more pain, maybe it was a little more painful than the person thought. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how you lose a nose at a circumcision ceremony. <laughs> And then yeah. that just adds to it. You know, I'm, uh, maybe one of our listeners will actually Google that title and see if they can find the article. I'm, I'm not going to look That's for it. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's another headline for you. So um, right. here we go. Ready? Planes yep. forced to land at airports. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could what? find this article. <laughs> Uh, it says it says Air Force fighter jets. It's that's how the article starts. It says Air Force. Uh, I'm guessing maybe Air Force fighter jets are ha being told to. Uh, man, I don't know. Air Force fight. Here's here's all I can read about the article. Ready? Air Force fighter uh -huh. jets on Monday chased two small airplanes out of restricted. Blah. All right, oh. so it's starting to make more sense. Yep. Starting yeah. to make more sense. Because otherwise, I, I'd say the editor needs to be fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. A notice what? released Monday morning warned those 
planning to fly small planes, blah, then I lose it. Huh. All right, so that headline started to make yeah. a little bit more sense now. Yeah. All right, so here's, a, here's the third headline. You ready? Yep. Quintuplets born okay. 15 months early. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was only nine months. <laughs> did, did they implant them in the wrong person? Actually, this one I have more of the article to look at. This was just a typo. Uh, it's a hilarious typo because the first sentence actually says, a set of quintuplets delivered 15 weeks early. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so that was just right. a typo, but I read the headline. I was like, I'm like you. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I don't. I don't do math well, but I know it's more than <laughs> I, I do have two kids and I know it was less than 15 months. Yeah. <laughs> gestation. <laughs> I wonder, do these headlines go to like a, you know, some boss in charge that reviews these before it gets published? You would That's the editor, that, isn't it? Isn't that the editor? Yeah. yeah. The editor's supposed to do that. Huh? Maybe it was a uh, an editorial class at an elementary school or something. <laughs> All right, so here's uh, the last one. Right. Uh, I think this one might have been on actually presented on the Tonight Show at one time. Uh, anyway, mm. it says police colon mm -hmm. man thought he could only be charged with burglary at night. <laughs> A 22 year old man faces felony burglary charge after allegedly breaking into his mother's home in mm. East Lake, wherever that is. Uh, let's see, and then it goes, the article goes on, and I can't read the rest of the article because uh, it's just a snippet and it's cut off. It says a neighbor alerted the police that he witnessed a male run behind a nearby home. Now, I'll tell you this, man, uh, you know, every like we said earlier, you know, criminals are people too, but man, sometimes mm -hmm. they're just not, they just don't think. Um, very straightly all the time. So, yeah. No. And, you know, I wonder if that comes from the Texas law where, uh, or I don't even know if it's still on the books, to be honest with you, where uh, I think it is, though, um, using deadly force on um, of somebody who commits theft in the nighttime. So that, oh, yeah, that was okay. so there. There's a Texas statute that ha deals with using deadly force against somebody who commits theft in the nighttime. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't really haven't looked at that statue in many years, so I'm not sure if it's still worded that way or if it got changed. But I wonder if that's where it, it gets driven from. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's kind of weird, though. Theft, yeah. Theft is theft. It doesn't matter. Well, what yeah, burglary is burglary whether the sun's yeah. up or not. <laughs> right. All right, so, uh, Brian, you got any favorite yeah. scriptures that you— and I always ask this of all my um, uh, my guests, but some kind of favorite scripture, either one that sticks out to you and rests in her heart, or maybe it's a, a specific book of the Bible, or maybe it's a mm -hmm. story in the Bible, or, you know, something. What is something that the Lord just continuously brings out to you from Scripture? Well, it, there's actually there's actually several, or, well, yeah, three. Mm -hmm. um, so one of them is from Isaiah 6. And, uh, and it says, then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who will I send? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Mm, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's always been, that's, that was me, you know, not just, not just for doing what God wanted, but, uh, 
you know, God made me a warrior and, and that's always been, um, kind of my ethos, you know, I I'm, I'm ready. Send me for whatever. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Thomas Paine is if there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my children may have peace. Mm. And, um, you know, that kind of goes along with this, but, uh, you know, more and more as, as I get older, especially it, I see how, how much more important God thing, God's things are than man's things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that one is, is huge for me because, you know, we, we don't see that many people anymore that, that seem willing to go. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole 80, 20, you know, 20% of the yeah. people do 80% of the work yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then another one is, is actually one of David's prayers. And this one, I actually wrote this out and I, I had it in my truck, um, on the, on the visor mm. so that I would see it every day. And it's from first Chronicles. Um, and it says, blessed O you are, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever yours. O Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom O Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Yeah, and, awesome. you know, that one was just when when things were hard, you know, a hard day at work or, you know, a, a a a big fight. And I was just, you know, thankful that I was alive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that one always reminded me God's in control. You know, his is the victory. And we need to make sure that we give him the the glory and the majesty for that. Um, That's right. Amen. And and then (laughs) I'm super sarcastic. And uh, (laughs) so this this morning I was reading in Jeremiah and uh, it. It's just, it's, it was, it just struck me as funny. And I don't know how many, this is like, uh, four verses. You want me to read the whole thing? It's, uh, it's sure, from yeah. Jeremiah 30, 37. Anyway, I'll, I'll just kind of summarize it a little bit, but, um, basically, uh, God told Jeremiah, this is what I want you to tell to the King of Judah. Um, because so the, the Chaldeans had surrounded Jerusalem at mm. this point mm. and, um, and, but, but Egypt had mobilized their army and they were heading towards Jerusalem. And so the Chaldeans kind of packed up and were moving off. And um, anyway, so this is Jeremiah. God tells Jeremiah to tell the king, the Chaldeans will return and fight against this city. They will capture it and burn it. This is what the Lord says. Don't deceive yourselves by saying the Chaldeans will leave us for good for they for they will not leave. Indeed, if you st- were to strike down the entire Chaldean army that is fighting with you, and there remained among them only the badly wounded men, each in his tent, they would get up and burn this city. Hmm. And I was like, I could just see Jeremiah saying that with, you know, just dripping sarcasm. Yeah. 
you know, that even the wounded will still take this city because that's what God has decreed mm. um, because of your wickedness and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've kind of halfway run from God, not like Jonah did, but it it's painful. Um, and I don't want to ever do that again. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like sarcasm. So I, I try and find uh, sarcasm in the Bible. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I tell people sarcasm is my spiritual gift. And yeah, it's good. I, it's good. I got in trouble for it because one student went and told their parent that I said that sarcasm was a spiritual gift. And she, could, <laughs> she couldn't find it in the Bible because, you know, the student didn't understand sarcasm and mom didn't understand uh, sarcasm. So yeah, that's great. Anyway. <laughs> Well, Good Brian, times. thank you so much, man, for sharing your testimony and oh, yeah. um, for sharing um, how the Lord has kind of led you through your career and, and jumping into the ministry of uh, missions and being a missions pastor. That's not an easy task. That's a There's a lot involved in that, so I appreciate you stepping up and doing that also. And, uh, oh, man, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It's been a blast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and you can click on the uh, the tab there that says Gospel Message. And, and you, you can learn a little bit more about who Jesus is and how you can accept him into your life. You can also click on the Testament tab at shockwaveministries.com. And there you'll be able to find which you know episodes we have coming out. Uh, which episodes we've already had come out. You can click on the microphone on that page. It'll take you to anchor.fm slash the testament where you can listen to every episode. You can also find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and and there's a bunch of other platforms that this gets put on um, every week when we post them out there. So I appreciate all of you listening and uh, share, like us on Facebook, um, share the uh, podcast site with your friends and with your neighbors and we will see you next time i appreciate it bye